Looking for a Bible to encourage the girl in your life? The NIV Kingdom Girls Bible is a beautiful new Bible that will inspire girls ages 8 to 12. It contains 400 features and colorful illustrations and highlights famous and sometimes infamous women of the Bible. Special notes will encourage girls to apply Bible passages to their lives through prayer, art, and activities. Go to NIVKingdomGirlsBible.com for a free sample and to learn more about this amazing Bible. Visit NIVKingdomGirlsBible.com today. to the real Kathy Lee on the Ultimate Homeschooling Radio Network. Thanks for joining me as I share my mom sessions. It's basically my imperfect journey of motherhood. Be prepared to laugh, maybe cry, but hopefully you're going to be encouraged as I share my failures, successes, and offer some tips I've learned along the way. And remember, you've got this. Hey, you are listening to the real Kathy Lee. I am so glad you are here. Today is Super exciting for me because over the past year, I have gotten to know this amazing man just a little bit. He actually makes us look so cool on social media. If you've noticed, the homegrown preschooler looks as if we've had a major facelift yeah, this past year. It's because of this guy right here. And I actually met him through Leslie and started following him on Instagram and noticed his videos with his kids and noticed his pictures with his kids. And I thought, this is a cool guy. And I love the opportunity that I have now to work with him. But the reason I want to have him on today is because of those pictures and those videos and the way that I see him interacting as a dad. And I thought, you know what? If I have loved this, I bet you guys are going to love this. And you're going to want to, you know, find out how he does it, why he does it. So welcome, Graham Pittman. Thank you so much. I'm so glad you're here. So, Graham, tell us. You know, we just discussed a little before we hit record that neither of us have had enough coffee. So I'm so sorry in advance to those listening if we're grumpy, (laughs) or I call it grumped at my house. I get grumped when I don't have my coffee and if we ramble. So we're already, we're going to ask forgiveness already, right? That sounds perfect, yeah. (laughs) All right, so Graham, tell us about your family. What, grumps? The grumps, for sure, yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. there's like a 20 minute period where I get jumped on in the morning by the kids. Um Aww. but I'm not fully awake, but I'm getting like the um the why aren't you awake yet from from everybody. Um and and my wife is very gracious to let them know just daddy's just grumpy. You can just ignore him for a little while. Yeah. Are you not a morning person? No, not at all. <laughs> not, not at all. Okay, well, tell us the ages of these beautiful blessings that are jumping on you in the morning. Mm-hmm. So um, my wife and I um, have three kids. Uh, we have a newly minted uh, six-year-old. His birthday was yesterday. Uh, oh. And then we have and then we have a two-and-a-half-year-old, and she is very particular to that we include that half uh, in there. And then we have a... Three month old. Um, so and how being that a morning the no baby. Yeah, yeah. Not being a morning person and having a a three month old in the house is is, is challenging. Um, but oh, I will say yeah. she's she's been our easiest baby by far. So she's already oh, sleeping like a great? champ. 
she's quiet, she's observant, um, she just kind of looks around with wide eyes and gathers it all in, and the kids love her, so um, she's she's been pretty wonderful. And I love that your daughter includes the half. I think that's such a girl thing because mm. you always, I remember once the half is over, then I'm the next age. I would always start, you know, until you hit about 40 and you stop doing it. <laughs> you want to backwards, you want to go, you know, I'm still, you know, 40 minus 10 or, you know, you want to start with There you go. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> so what, again, I mentioned that I loved watching your family on social media before mm-hmm. I've gotten to know you. And I would always love the pictures, but they weren't just pictures of the kids. They were pictures of you and the kids or you would be talking about um, what you and the children had done. It's a, a lot around books. So tell me mm-hmm. how do you intentionally with your kids? Because it's obvious you do from how you do it. Yeah, uh, we, we we definitely try try to be as intentional as possible. Um, and it, I think it's all started, um, like our son is six now, um, but from the moment we saw him, we were just enamored. Um and we've never stopped talking to him since he was born. So I think it's all kind of born out of um, just kind of a, a labor of love. I mean, it, it just for me, it fits just along with what parenting is, is that we, um, I make these images, I make these videos, because that's my way of expressing almost everything that I express is, is kind of in a visual way. So it just lined mm. right up with, with, just kind of my where my soul aligns as far as output um but it it has the effect or it has the dual um effect of becoming posterity that's something we can look back on and you know map out these growths um these stages um but then also it's a shareable thing so hopefully we uh, one of the goals is to encourage people um, just by, you know, coming, if we have a good idea or if we have a moment that we think will bring joy um, to us, then why not just put it out? Uh, and and hopefully that's the that's what people get out of it is that they they stop for a minute, especially on social media um, or just the internet in general. Uh, there's just so much noise out there that if you can get people to stop and smile and think. Um, I think there's a there's a great value in that, but that's really that's really more of a byproduct. Um, I just do it because mm. it's what I do. Um, that's the things that I make. So did you? Did you how did you know? Like, sorry to interrupt. How did I? Totally, I'm the worst at interrupting because it's so hard on the phone to do that. So with Rowan. I, I don't know. I I had no expectations. Um, Ash, Ashley and I became we became parents. We were both 25, um, and it, obviously it turns your life upside down. And people give you advice, but you have you have no idea what's coming. Um, and so it was just one of those moments where you have all this anticipation, anxiety, and then you get to meet your son or your daughter and you you just you have no idea what you're thinking you it's like a completely different emotion that you've never felt um mm. and that's never that's never gone away um for me uh 
it's just always there. So we've just we've spent so much time interacting um, that I know. I feel like I know. Well, see, see, I know Rowan, the oldest, so intimately that it's just it's just what we do. It's just easy. It's just fun. I know what he likes. I know hopefully what he needs most of the time. He's easy to read. Um, kind of wears his heart on his sleeve. Uh, and then yeah. what, what, when we've had more, Maddie's our second one, and she's more challenging to kind of tap into. Um, but she's still very young at two. Um, but it's yeah. so great because Rowan, you know, we, we pour ourselves into him for years before she showed up on the scene. And now she's, now he's doing the same thing to her. So he, he's taking, you know, he's imitating us in teaching her a lot of things. So that's, that's something maybe we should have anticipated, but it was really fun to see actually happen. Um, yeah. It's just beautiful. Well, I think that the way you connect, like you're talking about the pictures that you've taken, and I think of the picture mm-hmm. of your daughter sitting on the steps with this belly laugh. And oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I've looked at that picture so many times because it did just what you had hoped. I mean, in me, it just created this joyful moment alongside of you. You know, even though I wasn't there yeah. in the moment, I felt as if I was there with her on the steps laughing. I mean, I was a, you could imagine the joke that she had just told herself and thought it was hilarious or whatever. You know, you right, could imagine right, the right. story um, that went alongside that. So I love that you do that. And I... You know, I think you said something so key that you invested the time in Rowan, and that's mm-hmm. how you got to know him. So I think when we talk about intentionally connecting, we have to realize it takes time and it takes effort, just like any relationship. We can't expect yep. to have a relationship that flourishes without making time to do that. And I'm so guilty of the children living alongside of me, but not necessarily mm-hmm. stopping and being intentional with my time with them. So one of my favorite things that you've done, Graham, is you recorded asking Rowan questions after reading Where the Wild Things Are. And I love the way that you did that. You asked him great questions. They were open-ended. They weren't yes and no questions, which I think we're so guilty of. So how in the world did you know how to ask such good questions? And why did you even record that video? Uh, So... Making those videos um, just was, again, it was just kind of born out of what we do. So we're a reading family. Um, That's one of the things we enjoy to do the most uh, together. And so this this is just kind of what we did. And we would, you know, read a book and ask questions about it because – so with with working with with the Cersei Institute – um, and being involved in, in education, classical education, um, I think just kind of learning uh, to let the story be the story, uh, yeah. to not overanalyze, especially when they're young. I mean, um, we talk a lot about like the moral imagination and uh, letting letting the child's imagination in the story speak to them, reveal things to them without you having to tack on the moral at the end because as soon as you do that it just kind of closes the story and they say oh you know oh that story's about that because that's what dad said it was about and then we close the book and they don't think about it anymore um so that's 
that's where kind of the basis of, of you know, asking the questions comes from. And it's, it's just a great way to learn what your child's thinking um, and, you know, what they're picking up because a lot of times it's surprising. Um, and so we wanted to just make a couple videos. The, the goal was maybe like six or seven, uh, and we got three um, before before we realized like this is this is maybe a little bit too self-serving because um, once we put it out, <laughs> you know, pe- people love it, but then it just becomes like this thing and it's there. And um, I, I don't know. I, I think it was. I think a lot of the after doing a couple, we realized let's just keep the rest kind of to ourselves because. Um, yeah. We don't want it to become like like a YouTube show of Rowan um, doing stuff, <laughs> which would be a great yeah. show. But um, but but yeah, so so it was mainly for us to have. So when he's 15 years old and gets really embarrassed when we pull it out, you know, at dinner parties or whatever, um, you have to that, do that. Be, I mean, that really is yeah, the environment of parenting. Yeah, that's going to be really fun. And then when he's you know, 30 years old and has kids, then he'll have a slightly different view of it. But, uh, mm. uh, I, but again, it wasn't, I, I, we just make things, I just make these things. So just cause I feel like I, well, I to, love that um, it was, it was educational though. I mean, again, I want to use it and I'm going to put it in the show notes. So if you're listening to this, go watch this. And, and I love that you didn't necessarily do it for parents to learn, but I think it's going to help parents really understand, mm-hmm. Oh, that's how you do it. I talk about journaling all the time with young kids. I have journaled with all my children since they were, you know, young. I still have John Michael's journal. He's 22 that he started when he was three. And we have uh-huh. written and read books similar to you. So we treasure these things. And I love that you're going to – but what I hear from parents is, hey, but I don't know how to do that. How do you even get them talking? And it's just yeah. what you said. If you just stir the imagination, it will run wild. If you give the imagination yeah. permission – to to be explored, children will do it. They just have to almost yeah. be led. If parents should see themselves as a facilitator. We just kind yeah. of open the door for them, and they will run through it. So that's Absol- what you did absolutely. in that video, and I think parents yeah. will will totally see that. And I think I, I think it's it shows it's not a didactic thing that you're doing. You're 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 showing your investment in them. You want to hear you yeah. want you're showing that what what their 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 thoughts are valuable and 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 that gets ingrained in them if you're asking well what do you you know what's your opinion on this um and it's amazing how much detail they remember from these stories um <laughs> yeah. that's so much that's just amazing they they their minds are especially in a in story form which is one of the best way to learn um they they're just they're so into it that they can they can absorb so many things that you think they would have forgotten. Well, and I think another great thing to do, and one of my favorites when we read stories, even a lot of the classics, that always will grab a journal or grab you know some paper and say, okay, well, what if you were writing the next story after this one? What if you were writing the yeah. people? What what would you do? How how would this go forward? And that's always great. So it serves two purposes. It does feed the imagination, but it also helps them know that words matter and words are powerful. Mm-hmm. And if you want a good, strong reader, you are going to want to do this. And if I have never had to teach one of my children creative writing, not one. I mean, they've gone mm-hmm. off to college and they've done great because from the time they were young, just like what you've done, 
they've loved words, they've loved stories, and they've loved the um, opportunity to tell their own story. So it does so much emotionally, socially for the children, but academically it is also a very powerful exercise for them. Um, Absolutely, So I I can't say enough about that video that you did. I thought it was done, it it was just so powerful. It should be a training video, to be honest, for parents (laughs) because it was so well done, Graham. I love it. Um, All right, let's take a commercial break. When we come back, I want to just ask you about being a dad. Like, what's the thing you wish you knew before becoming a dad? Because just like you said, everyone gave you advice. I'm sure they still do, but it probably was different than you expected. So quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. The podcast this week is actually sponsored by the Homegrown Preschooler. My business partner is the coolest. She's like, let's sponsor your podcast. So here we are. So if you have not checked out the homegrownpreschooler.com, you should. It's not just for preschoolers. We offer a full curriculum for children ages 3 to 7. Perfect kindergarten program. Perfect for first and second graders. It's hands-on. Play, play, play based. It encourages wonder. It encourages imagination. All the things we're talking about in this podcast each week. So again, website, thehomegrownpreschooler.com or on all social media accounts, it's the Homegrown Preschooler. Check us out. Okay, so here we are, Graham Pittman. Graham, tell us, first of all, before we talk about the things you wish you did, tell us about your job. Like you said, you mentioned Sear State Institute. What do you do? Mm-hmm. How do you make the money to feed all these babies? Um, so I do, I do quite a few things. Um, Cersei is, um, I'm the creative director at the Cersei Institute. So I do, uh, for them, I do design work. I do, um, kind of some strategy and promotion, social media, photography. Um, every once in a while I'll do whatever grunt work needs done. If we have a special day where (laughs) things are getting clogged up, I can ship things or I can clean up, whatever. So I do I do a lot of things there. That's kind of my full time uh, gig. I have my own uh, photography business, um, which obviously kind of centered around kids portraiture for the most part. Uh, so I do that supplementally, and then for you guys, I try to create images that reflect kind of your your mission of wonder, and um, again, just make people stop and think. Um, and hopefully see some mm-hmm. beauty and uh, and then I kind of sometimes I answer questions on your social media account. Um, <laughs> you do. So if any, I if any, that. Yeah, if anybody gets a really <laughs> gruff answer at eight o'clock in the morning, it's not Kathy. Uh, <laughs> You're grump because you hadn't had your coffee and your kids have been jumping yeah, on yeah. you. Now we know it's all it's yeah. just well, an no. all cat. What I love, though, too, is the way you are able to capture that wonder in photographs. You you really do an amazing job, and I think it conveys that picture to parents. Again, I think parents want to stir their children's imagination. We want to offer, uh, you know, wonder, opportunities of wonder. But, again, often we just don't. We don't know how. I mean, this parenting gig Mm -hmm. is hard. It's hard. So, Speaking of that, what's one thing you wish you had known before you became a dad six, seven years ago? Oh. Uh, so, well, I wish I'd, I'd known that all the food that I buy for the house, I don't get to eat anymore. That's one thing. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, haven't had a strawberry that. in like, oh, yeah, I haven't had a strawberry in like four years. I put them in the fridge and then I go to get them and like, <laughs> these kids are small and they're just gone. I don't understand. So I'm probably developing some kind of sickness from fruit deprivation. Um, you probably are. 
Yeah. Uh, so I, I can't remember the advice that I got. I'm sure it was good, and I probably implemented some of it. But like I say, it was like it's like your world like physically turns upside down with that first one. So you're just kind of navigating a whole new landscape. Um, but I, I, I guess I guess learning how to relax, learning that you don't need to do everything. Um, yeah. That yes, you're responsible for these children and you're responsible for their learning and upbringing um, but that doesn't mean you it doesn't mean you need to do everything all at once um, and you need to rely on the Lord and you need to take time and give the kids space and let them do their thing um, that's something I, that's taken a long time um, mm-hmm. like I say we really we're really we're all in on these kids like we we find their company enjoyable. We love hanging out with them most of the time. Um, so it's easy for us to be kind of that helicopter, just worrying right above them, just monitoring and watching and all of that stuff. And so one one thing that's taken me a long time is, like, when the kids play, they're learning conflict resolution. They're learning, they're learning so much about life. And... And most of the time, I want to just be involved, and it's not always the best thing. Um, you need to let them breathe yeah, I think and that's... figure these things out. Yeah. Um, but that's been a hard that's been hard for me because I I feel I still feel like I'm a kid. Like that's I I have a I have like very acute memories from when I'm four or five years old six, seven, mm. like I remember the most mundane things. I remember feelings. I remember, I remember like all of my childhood. Um, and it, it just feels like it was yesterday. So I, I, I want to be involved. It was yesterday for you, mister. Yeah. I think that's such powerful stuff, though, Graham, because I, I hear it all the time. It's, I have a lot of people on and I do ask that question, what do you wish you'd known? And it is a relax. And I think, gosh, I've been parenting now for 23 years and I don't, I was pretty relaxed because that's kind of my nature. Thank goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't regret that. I, and now, believe me, far from perfect. Let me tell you. I mean, my kids will tell you. Yeah. I have made some crazy mistakes as a mom. But um, I've probably been more laid back than most. <laughs> and and it goes yeah. so quickly. It goes so quickly. And what the other people talk about is just the moment. Those little moments matter. And back to what you're doing and being intentional with these kids, that is so much more important than almost anything you could do are just those small moments of being involved, but also those small moments of taking a step back and just observing and watching, like you said, the conflict resolution. If they don't learn it at 3, 4, and 5, they're going to struggle with it at 18, 19, 20, 30, 32, 34. Uh, It has Mm -hmm. to be learned at a young age is what we know from brain development. So you're doing them a favor by mm-hmm. allowing them to figure it out in every area to figure it out is actually a gift to them. Um, so it sounds like you're learning that um, 
at the perfect time. Um, all right. So as mm-hmm. we close this up, Mr. Pittman, who I'm so impressed with as a daddy, what is your best <laughs> advice for a dad who desires to connect? He, he hears this or the wife has now made him listen to this podcast and he's like, oh, that's not me. I can't do it. Uh, what's your best advice to how do you do yeah. this? How do you connect and be intentional? Yeah. So we're, I don't feel like we're doing anything extraordinary. Um, like you might, people might see our, my curated Instagram feed or whatever and think we're amazing, magical, but, um, we're not, we're not, we're just, we're just involved, um, acutely, um, with the kids and we're invested in, I mean, we homeschool, so we're, we're also, we're also there, you know, they're not leaving us for, for an extended period of time. So that gives us an advantage. Um, but but I'd say I'd say empathy is key, um, hmm. and that's something I don't really see talked about too much uh, on on the blogs and and whatever else. But I think there's a there's a if if your discipline and your interaction with the kids is always you know because they've done something wrong and they and they look at you as like I, I feel like I am I am the authority in their lives, but I'm so much more than that to them because I've listened to them. I care about their thoughts. Um, and that's not, that's not amazing. Um, but I think it's easily overlooked. Um, and it's increasingly easy to overlook when you just reach in your pocket and pull out your phone every 20 minutes. Um, that, that, that those minutes add up and, you know, it's easy to give up after you've neglected something for a long time and it's rusty and it's harder to work at. Um, so so I think empathy is, is really key, you know, being able to look at them in the eyes and, you know, ask them questions and try to figure out what they're feeling and not just react to whatever's happened. Um, but then, but then the um, – going back to kind of that wonder – and, and it's the feeling that I still feel when I look at colors and when I look at art or I'm out in nature, I feel the exact same way I did when I was five. So I think I have a big advantage. Yeah, me too. So I, I, <laughs> I, do this I want, I want to make sure that they get that. And we live in the city. Yeah. We live in Charlotte. Um, and I grew up in rural Alberta, Canada. So it's worlds apart um, from what I grew up. You know, wow. I was running around in the yeah. fields and out until my mom could find us and yell at us to come to eat. And then I'd scarf down my dinner and I'd run back outside. So um, it's very different. So I, I, I learned early on, too, that I cannot try to project my childhood onto Rowan or Maddie Um they're going to have a completely different childhood, but I can try to take those elements that I remember so keenly and that I used to, you know, ponder and, and grab hold of and, and search for, and I can try to infuse those moments into them instead of just trying to recreate, you know, scenarios or whatever things I have in my brain that I would love for them to have. Um, so I think... I think um, there's a quote I heard, and I can't remember who it's by. Um, maybe maybe a listener can 
can point it out to me, but it was, uh, it said quality time comes out of a quantity of time. Um, and mm. I think that advice has been key for me. Qu- uh, like quality time is not like a thing you schedule. It's not like I'm so busy that I need to now schedule in the kids from six to seven to have the quality time. Um, it, it, it's just a natural outcome of, of a quantity of, of an investment into an outpouring into their, their lives. Um, because most of the time it's just mundane, um, which is, which can be beautiful and you can make it into something else. But, um, but those, those real moments that are life affirming for them or an aha moment and things like that, that, that has to come from an enormous amount of time. And I mean, that's, I guess that's true with every relationship. Um, it is, and I think that when I ask people to talk about their childhood memories, which I often do in classes, rarely does someone say, oh, it was a big trip to Europe. I mean, I've said this on several podcasts before. It is, I mean, again, 99% of the time people go, oh, it's every Sunday when my grandpa would show up for lunch, or it's the right. times my parents walked us down to the creek in the backyard and we would catch minnows. I mean, it, it mm-hmm. that's exactly what makes up the strongest memories. It's the everyday events that, like you said, seem mundane, but they really are the most powerful conversation you had while cooking alongside with your teenage daughter. It's the, you know, we go on and on. Yeah. And I think that if you're not spending that time, then you're not going to have those moments. And I was in New Zealand right. recently, and I visited a park, and um, it was an amazing park that an author there, I think her name was Margaret Mayhe, that um, built this park for the children in Christchurch where they had an earthquake, and so she wanted to give back. Anyway, mm-hmm. while I'm looking at this amazing park, I noticed something. Not one adult was on their phone. I mean, not one adult was on their phone. Mm-hmm. Grandparents, parents siblings were all engaged in this playground they were pushing each other on a swing they were jumping on these little jumping pits together they were all interactive and I thought wow what are they doing here in New Zealand that we're not getting in the U.S. because I go to parks all the time here and at least 50 percent of the people uh, moms and dads are on the perimeter of the playground on their devices and kids are in the middle left alone to build those memories Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but I don't want that to be my kid's childhood. I don't want them. And I've been guilty. I, I mentioned before that Henry said to me one day, Mom, can you put your phone down so I know we're connecting? And that right. was a pivotal, powerful moment in my parenting that I realized, okay, just what you said, Graham, we've got to have the quantity of time. You've got to be present if you want to grab those quality moments. You can't really have one without exactly. the other. Yeah. Well, I think you're a rock star, and even if you just show us the highlight reel, <laughs> those highlights are pretty amazing, and I hope you get some sleep, and I'm so glad you took a few minutes away from capturing photos and videos to, to chat with me about this. <laughs> well, thanks so much. This was a lot of fun. Hey, listen, we're going to throw up on social media a giveaway because of Where the Wild Things Are, such a great book. Let's give, I'll order it, I'll grab it, we'll get it. We'll send you a copy of that if you win our contest, along with some hands-on books from the Homegrown Preschooler to help you connect. So, Graham, you're in charge of making a cool picture and putting it out there. We'll do a giveaway and help someone start their journey of connecting. How does that sound? That sounds wonderful. Awesome. 
All right. Thanks so much, Graham. It was great to talk to you. Yeah, thank you. Have a good day. You've been listening to The Real Kathy Lee. This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschooling Radio Network. To find out more, check out therealkathylee.com. You can download us every Friday on iTunes or your favorite app to listen to the podcast. Hey, if this hot mess can rock motherhood, so can you.